The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. I started to question myself if I was launching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax. Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're you're spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him. People are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode did his job this is insane how great they are well i think the authors of pain are young prodigies that's how good we are representing bullet club this is what we do super kid pate honestly um it just feels good to be back uh it felt good to lace up my boots it felt good to do my entrance felt good to be in the ring with uh three of the toughest ladies i know but um if it's one lady that I know really well, that's Natalia. Uh, she put me on the map at NXT, and uh, I beat her then. I beat her last year, and I'm looking forward to facing her at Hell in a Cell, and this time it won't be different either. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the max. And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Beezer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling to the Max, episode 265, part 2. And of course, we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. Make sure you also go check out FromWomanMania.com, as well as LastWordOnProWrestling.com to come find our shows. Hey, and if you like our show so much, make sure you go subscribe, rate, and review over at Wrestling to the Max. Make sure you do it now, because it's just amazing because you get all our stuff right in one place it's really really cool and really simple to do hey and you know once again we want you guys also to know that we're on youtube and other platforms like iHeartRadio, spreaker i mean everything under the sun so you can find us most places hey guys uh just also one really quick thing make sure you go check out also the great review shows that we have out there for you we have raw we have 205 live smackdown live as well as nxt all these great shows are right there in that package as well of course i am your host gary vaughn and along with me is mr sean garmer what's up everybody and mr paul leaser hey and guys i am really looking forward to this show tonight we have so much to get into we're going to be talking a little lucha underground leading up to ultima lucha we'll be jumping into some impact wrestling and as well as some new japan that's right new japan had some shows this past week we're going to jump into and we're going to get into some quick hitch which actually is some big stuff here we're going to be getting into some Shayna baszler her status with wwe along with Paige. Oh, so those are some big question marks. We'll be talking about the future of that GFW name tied into Impact and what they could possibly be- be- become past, you know, 
this year, as, as well as some other great news topics. So I'm really looking forward to that. Plus, we're crowning a superstar of the week. And we're about to do something really fun, which is talk some no mercy. That's right. We're going to break down the card, give you our predictions, and just to have a fun time doing it. So really looking forward to all this stuff. I'm super excited about it. And, uh, you know, really, really uh, just going to have a, a good time, though. But, you know, before we start the show, we're going to say this really quickly. Uh, uh, Paul, uh, me and you kind of joked about some stuff going on off air, uh, but it's all serious and it's about the hurricane stuff. And I, I just had to ask you, Sean, I know in the past you've said your sister is in Puerto Rico. Uh, how is she doing, man? She's uh, they don't have power there, so it's hard for us to communicate. Uh, last we heard her phone got messed up somehow, but she was able to tell us yesterday through one of the people she was staying with that she was okay just there's no water or no power Oof, uh, yeah. this was of course like yesterday afternoon i haven't heard anything else uh today at all so who knows hopefully uh as long as everything is okay of course she's works the emergency room at a hospital so they're kind of on high alert as to whether they have to go back to work or not, you know, because I'm sure they're having to deal with people that have suffered uh, worse than them that might need to be in the hospital. So yeah, oh man, that is just scary and tough. And you know, I'm so glad that she is safe and okay and all that. It's just that's a, a horrible thing to have to go through. And we keep talking about hurricanes every episode, but I just had to ask really quickly because you know, I think a lot of people that listen to the show have heard that your sister is down there, and at least that's an update for people that do listen. So I'm glad to hear that's really awesome. Well, and I do. People- I do want to say that I feel bad for the people in Mexico with the earthquake. That's oh, yeah. the worst thing this week. Is just. I was watching that school collapse or whatever on TV, and I'm just like, ah, this is, that's crazy. That's, and then, the, mm-hmm. like, showing those rescue missions live and everything is just. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you uh, watch Preacher, you kind of believe that world is here. Uh, so, the, it <laughs> seems like the world is falling apart, and it's, you know. I, I, hopefully, you know, so uh, everything's okay. Uh, hopefully, what hey, it is in the end of time somewhere. <laughs> I know, that right? Book of Revelations <laughs> lets you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when we do a Bible to the Max, we'll cover that. Revelations. <laughs> I'm really surprised we don't have that yet, considering. Uh-oh. I know, right? We have everything else to the max. So, and I don't want people to think we were evil people. What me and Paul were joking about off air about hurricanes had nothing to do with people getting hurt. It's not about that. I made the comment, and this is some inside information about my personal life. Uh, basically, there's some family stuff going on where my in-laws, you know, wanted to go on a cruise with me and my wife. We made other plans. My in-laws decided to play a little spite and go on the dream vacation my wife wanted to go on, which is a cruise out of Puerto Rico. And uh, so it may not be happening for them now. So it was a little spite and a little, yeah. But then again, I kind of thought they did out of spite, so I can kind of smile. And I love my in-laws. They're great. They love us. We love them. It's just, you know, sometimes you have those moments, right? So, uh, but I hope everybody in Puerto Rico is okay. I really do. So. Uh, but anyway, well, uh, we are going to go ahead and get this show started. I'm really excited about it. So let's go ahead and jump into some mercy. So no mercy now. No mercy. No mercy. 
Take it away, Gary. All right. Uh, so I, I said so mercy, which I love, right? So mercy. <laughs> so uh, I, I need someone to have some mercy on me, I think. I think that's, that's why so I said it. That's so mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> you guys are so We just mercy. need to have a Reese in here to make the drop. Hey, you, you make that happen, I'm ready. Uh, so let's talk about this. You made that sound sexual. (laughs) Don't I do that with everything? Um, so you have that, uh, Gary needs to have his own like 1-800 hotline. You call at night. (laughs) Could you imagine? You know, Valvinus had a towel. I don't. So anyway. Pay for this call so I can afford one. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we should probably talk. No mercy. Let's start out by talking about maybe one of the sexiest matches on the card: the WWE Intercontinental Title match. Uh, well, it depends on who you, you know like out of it. Uh, the Miz will be defending uh, against uh, Jason Jordan, who I think a lot of people are really kind of curious if he's going to have that opportunity to win a title this soon in his singles career. Sean, I mean, how are you feeling about it? What do you think about this Intercontinental match? I feel like we're just waiting for the Miz to get involved in all its various forms here and cost Jason Jordan the match. Or maybe he just beats them all up and beats Miz. Uh, it could go either way. Honestly, I, I think this could be a good match. I'm, I'm not expecting too much out of it. But yeah, I, I think the Miz probably wins. Uh, they they could probably get like another peer review out out of this here. I certainly think they could. They're sort of making the Miz the voice. I think for all of the uh, stuff that Jason was talking about on Raw, for all the people who are sort of talking about Jason getting preferential treatment because his dad's Kurt Angle and all this, and I, I kind of like the idea of this comparison that they've started doing on Raw where they're showing moments from Kurt Angle's career and how it's sort of paralleling to Jason Jordan. And Jordan can't quite live up to that. You know, he's like Kurt won the Intercontinental title very quickly in his career. Jason sort of struggles to do so. And all this rage that he's sort of building up sort of makes him snap eventually on his dad. Uh, and, And just the WWE in general. I think the Miz wins here too, but I think some of that stuff might come into play here. So I'd keep a lookout for that. Uh, I'm right up with you guys, and I think that that storyline, Paul, is right on the horizon. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm choosing it as well. Let's talk about the Fatal Five Way uh, between the ladies over there on Raw, and of course we'll have the champion herself, Alexa Bliss, involved in this, along with other superstars like Sasha Banks, well Bailey, Nia Jax, and Emma. And this was uh, one, Paul, that I was not really sure, you know, really what to think, only because there's a few people in here you could consider. Um, Probably not Emma, but who do you got? I I picked Alexa to retain just because I feel like everybody else is going to be so focused on beating each other up that she'll just sort of sneak in to win. Uh, And and I like, basically, Raw's women's title picture now is just waiting for Asuka. Uh, and that's sort of why everybody's here, right, is to build them up and make everybody sort of look strong. And unless they're going to give it to Nia, who's the only other person I could see winning out of this, 
uh, and they want to blow or they want to build up a credible huge giant threat with the championship that would be Nia with the belt. Uh, that would be the only other way I could see this going. But I like Alexa outsmarting everybody and then sort of her trying to play up to everybody once Asuka gets to where she's at um, so she doesn't die, which, of course, she, you know, we're, we're going to watch a live murder whenever that occurs. Hmm. Uh, you know, they've made this title so meaningless with all the hot potato that it doesn't really matter, I think, who has the title when Asuka comes. Uh, I think, you know, even Bailey could win because you have the whole history of, well, Asuka beat Bailey to start her big old streak that she got in NXT and then she never lost. Uh, you know, could you replicate that on the main roster with Bailey's the champion, Asuka comes in and beats her again? And, you know, the way that they booked Bailey, it wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if they did it. Just to. Rub it in some more. They could they could have Alexa retain. I just don't see her coming. Her coming in and beating Alexa, I don't think is a big deal. Like for me, for her to come in, it would be her beating Nia. Which obviously they could just ignore the NXT history and make it to where they've never fought, and that's fine. And. Or, or they could ever beat Bailey. I don't see them. I, I, I see them holding off on the Sasha thing because it's somebody that she hasn't faced before. So I, I think it's either one of those two, honestly. I think it's one of her two former people that she's wrestled. It's either Nia or Bailey's going to win, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say Bailey gets it. Now the official timetable on Oscar. Would that lead us up to the next big pay-per-view for Raw? Uh, boy, I don't know, to be honest with you. Because I think that matters a lot here. I think, you know, picking a winner in this match could, you know, have a, a definite effect if Asuka's here at that next Raw pay-per-view. Uh, but if she's not, I don't know if it really matters who wins here. Because we're not really setting up for Asuka just yet. Um, I, I, you know... If Oscar was for sure going to be the next one, I'd almost say Sasha Banks wins only because, guess what? She wins and then she loses right away. So that could be a thought process. I think you guys are right, though. There's a lot of different things here that could come into effect. But, you know, I think I'm going to go with Nia Jax here. I think that there's a reason they're trying to make her powerful. And it'll probably be a situation where if she wins here, then she doesn't hold it very long because someone else finds a way to sneak it off her. And then Asuka comes in and does something. I, I don't know. I, I'm just going to go with Nia. This one's kind of hard for me. I almost was going to go with Alexa Bliss, too. But I think that they're kind of pointing in the direction of maybe switching in hand. So who knows? TLC Let's talk ab- is October 22nd. I don't think Asuka would be back by then, but I, I don't... It was two months that she's supposed to be out, right? Six weeks, something like that? Yeah, six weeks. I mean, they could ever event. show up, and then she doesn't wrestle at the show. So. Yeah, I mean, they could uh, definitely wait till Survivor Series, of course, to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. So I think it's going to really matter. I think at the end of the day, we'll be seeing this end uh, and how it all becomes finalized, and we'll kind of base that on what they think Oscar is going to do. So uh, let's jump into this 
Cruiserweight title match. And that, of course, it means that Neville and Enzo Amore are, are going to have a, a little bit of a battle here, if you want to call it that way. Um, I got Neville. I, I don't know, Sean. I, I, Enzo winning this title to me makes me sick to my stomach just thinking about it. <laughs> I agree with you. Just be nasty. Uh, just a total shot to that division. Uh, if they win, I, I think this is something that they're probably going to run with for a little while uh, because Enzo can gain sympathy very easily. He gets reactions on 205 Live, which you know not very many of the other guys do. Uh, they both can talk on the microphone, so... I could see Neville either wins this outright or he wins this by cheating and they go, they continue this on. But it just makes no sense when you had Austin Aries couldn't win and he has, he can, he's better on the mic and wrestling than Enzo ever dreams about being and he couldn't win a title at all. But you're going to have Enzo win on his first try. Just no thank you, not happening. Unless Vince is just saying he's going to take a poop on the entire division, which I wouldn't be surprised. And no, let's let's just go with Neville winning. I really hope this match only lasts like four minutes. I'm sure it's not going to, but I would really love just Neville to basically get an extended squash against Enzo here. Uh, either way, Neville wins, uh, and uh, I might cringe a lot during this match. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think the match probably will be fairly short. Uh, I'm sure the intro, the entrance into the match probably will not be because Enzo will not be able to stop talking for those four minutes. So we'll see, though. (laughs) Um, I'm hoping for just to be in a match. Uh, Well, you know, saying all that, let's talk about a match uh, between Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt for, well, who cares? Uh, that's what I feel about this match, Paul. I, just, uh, I, I don't think care. who. <laughs> I, I think the more of the biggest question is who does care. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess we should at least pick a winner, even though I mean, yeah, who does care? I mean, Finn, right? It doesn't make sense for Bray to win. Yeah, Finn yeah. wins. Yeah, I don't think we talk about that much longer. No, we don't. No, I, I just want to say once again, I feel bad for Finn. He deserves more than that, but it is what it is. Uh, the WB Raw Tag Team Titles will be up for grabs. That's right. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins will be putting them on the line against some tag teams. That's right. Cesaro and Sheamus, uh, and uh, those guys will be definitely trying to re- you know regain those tag belts they lost not long ago. Who do you got here, Sean? I feel like uh, you just started this this deal with Ambrose and Rollins. You're not ending it that quick. Uh, this has been actually a really fun tag team to watch. I've enjoyed them being bad together. I'd like to see it continue. This should be a really good match, though. I'm, this is one of the matches, aside from the top two, that I'm kind of really excited to watch. Uh, so hope it's delivering in the very good territory, at least. And, yeah, I think the, the champs retain here. I I think the champs retain here, too. The feud has lost steam since it's become less about Dean and Seth coming together again and more about them just sort of 
essentially hanging out in the tag division now uh, while everybody's sort of yammering to challenge them, which which is fine. These two teams, they're going to have a great match. It's just I wish I had some more story to sort of chew into here, but it's the tag team division. I'd be uh, I'd be watching SmackDown if I wanted that, I guess. <laughs> uh, that's that's the truth. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wish I could say otherwise, right? But you can't. Uh, you know, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose both are, are fine. I, I'm not as big into them. I, they've, I, I guess, I'm still trying to get involved and, and excited about those guys. But uh, yeah, I, I really feel like they're going to win here. I just don't see Cesaro and Sheamus, you know, taking those belts off from just yet. I do want to talk about John Cena and Roman Reigns, though. This is one that you know could be good, could be very just blah. I don't know. Uh, I think the first one could be more likely. Looking at that, Paul, though, who do you got winning? Well, I think Roman's walking out with a victory here. I don't know if that's really in a lot of dispute. I think this match will be good, though. Uh, I think Roman's more than capable, and Cena's still more than capable. I'm not expecting, you know, anywhere north of four stars, but I don't think three and a half is really out of reach. And I don't know. Uh, Roman's kind of looked like complete crap in the ring with Cena and the microphone, so hopefully he can bring the working boots and show them up that way. I think that's what this is for, is to bring the working boots and make them, and we'll have a much better match than I think people are expecting. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for, for this one just because, you know, it's John Cena and Roman Reigns. We're doing that on no mercy. It's a, it's, it's a match that you could do on a WrestleMania or Royal Rumble and they're doing it here and don't know if this is going to be the, perhaps they try to do it for one more pay per view or it's just one and done. But yeah, I feel like they're going to try their best. You know, if you do a, a three and a half, three and three quarters approach on the four stars, I think you'll deliver that and people will be happy. Yeah, I, think uh, so. I feel, yeah, Roman's going to win, though. You got Roman? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys are right. I, I you know, I would love to choose John Cena, um, but, you know, we all know he's going to be taking time off to go you know, film some movies and do stuff, and he'll be back, you know, sooner than later, but he'll be gone for a bit, and it just makes sense for Roman to win here. It really does, and I think John Cena is doing this on purpose, of course, you know, making sure he puts a little shine for Roman, trying to get Roman into that realm of, hey, he's the one guy that cusses and swears. We should all love him, right? And all this kind of stuff. And we'll see if this whole thing that they're trying to do with Roman Reigns, you know, changes people's minds. And I don't know that this match will do it, but I think that they're working towards something. So Roman Reigns is going to be the guy, though, walks away with victory. I got to say this. uh, The Universal title match on this show should be a lot of fun because it's got two guys that can destroy the entire arena. And that is Brock Lesnar facing off against Braun Strowman. I'm really looking forward to this, only for the fact that there's a multitude of things that could happen here. Um, But, you know, a clear winner. Who do you got here, Sean? Uh, We're talking the main event now. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, universal Uh, title. This is the one that I feel like... And I know I said this when they were doing the multi-man, and I thought Brock should lose. I feel like you still got some time, 
before you get to WrestleMania season, if you want to do anything where you crown a new guy or you give a new guy something and see if they can run with it, this is the time. Braun Strowman is hot. He's a guy that can beat Brock Lesnar and he doesn't lose anything. And you let people know that you have faith with Braun Strowman and you're putting weight behind him other than just the way you're booking him. I feel like if Brock just comes in and does the whole, oh, Braun beat me up for a while, but then here come my suplexes and here comes the F5 and he wins. Even if you do the whole, well, Braun did a lot and he didn't lose much in the loss, I still feel like it hurts him. I don't feel like Braun needs to lose to anybody. If you want to have Brock beat him later or or Braun loses to somebody, but it's just he's already lost a you know, quite a few I mean he's he's lost some to Roman. Roman's lost some to him too. It just I don't know. I feel like this is the one guy that they have on the roster that's new talent that can beat Brock and he will benefit from that greatly. And this is the time to do it. I entirely agree with that. Uh, I think it not only all of what Sean said, it freshens things up. It would be nice to have a champion who is here every week, and we know, or at least we've heard, that Brock may not be around for TLC uh, and and all that going forward. Uh, maybe even Survivor Series, too. So I I like putting it on Braun here. WWE, however, has failed more often than not to strike while the iron is hot. I think just let Braun win. Just do it. And I th- I think him and Roman still have a lot of unfinished business. So I think that's a great story going forward out of all of this, too. Yeah, you, you guys make some great points, and I'm, I'm with you. I love Braun Strowman. I think a lot of the guy, I think he has a lot of talent. I, I'm still going to say Brock Lesnar. Uh, I think there will probably be another title match somewhere, maybe on a Raw somewhere, and, and Brock loses. But I have this gut feeling that they're going to find a way for Brock to win and no mercy. And then they'll, they'll drop the title somewhere in between. Uh, that's just my gut feeling, but who knows? Uh, if you guys are right, trust me, I will not be hating it. I'll be loving every minute of it, and I'll also be enjoying the destruction that'll implode uh, in this match. It, it'll be crazy, so I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, uh, that's our card for No Mercy. Uh, definitely looking forward to this Sunday. And don't forget, guys, we will be doing a post show and letting you guys know all about what we thought about it, and really giving you all our full reactions to the entire card and you know everything that takes place. So I'll be looking for that No Mercy review. Uh, but until then, uh, we'll be moving on here, and we're going to jump into some quick hits. So it's time for wrestling news. We'll do that next. It's time for wrestling news. Quick hits. Take it away, Gary. All right. Well, let's start out by talking some Shayna Baszler. That's right. The runner-up at the Mae Young Classic. And, uh, you know, just because she didn't win that trophy doesn't mean that she didn't win something. The one thing she did get was a WWE contract. That's right. She officially signed on the dotted line and, you know, once you know you get signed on the dotted line, that means you're going to go to NXT live events, uh, which she's been wrestling at. She's also you know 
made her appearance at different places. And so we do know that she is a part of this NXT roster. And, you know, that also possibly puts back on the table that four horsewomen talk we kind of got into last week. This is interesting, Paul. Uh, I didn't know that this was actually happening until uh, you had told me about it earlier. Yeah, I think this broke yesterday, if I remember correctly, in the the sources, uh, Squared Circle Sirens, who's usually pretty good about women signing. Um, I I mean, I was really thinking that this was all just to get to Ronda, and it still seems that way, but at least they're trying to do right by Shayna, who I think performed very admirably during the Mayon Classic, and that final was, was quite good. She does bring something very different, uh, and and to that end, I think she'll work out pretty well here if they decide to they have more long term plans for her outside of the the horsewomen stuff. I mean, this is uh, I feel like they needed to make this signing if you're going to have her be the runner up, and and she's shown that she brings a different element to the women's division that nobody else has. I, you gotta you gotta sign. This is a great deal for WWE. Yeah, it puts the horsewoman thing back on the table. Yes, it could intrigue Ronda into finally coming in, but I think uh, Shayna brings a lot on her own, even if Ronda never shows up. And uh, they, they could have a star here. They, they could have the, the female Brock Lesnar, basically. And, uh, you know, everybody's... I know everybody's going to be wanting the, the Asuka-Shayna Baszler match that they could they could hype that up for WrestleMania if they book both of them right. And it would be awesome. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's definitely a bigger name. It's one that, you know, people that pay attention to MMA will be following. And that's the the crossover that I think they have here. And then well, part of the reason that she was a big selling point for them, why they should get her under contract and work with her and make sure she's trained up the right way. And I, I think all this is good news. Uh, the only person that I don't know that's going to be all that happy is Sonya. Uh, I think she may be a little bit more concerned now because now she's not the only MMA star on this NXT roster, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we talked a lot about this a little bit in our NXT review, and maybe they can sort of take her in a different direction if they're going to have Shayna around because she's basically going to be Shayna Light if they keep her where she is. <laughs> yeah, oof, that's a, it's, it's a concern. But who knows? I mean, I think, you know, they've been pushing Sonya. Maybe they'll just continue to push Sonya, and they'll have them maybe have a matchup, and we'll see if they, you know, maybe change things from there. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I think, it, you know, at least we do have Shayna Baszler as a part of this NXT roster, and I think it's going to draw more eyes. People are going to care. And, you know, like Sean said, this could lead to bigger and better things. You know, we could see that Oscar match eventually down the line for Shayna Baszler. Who knows, by that time, she may be in really good shape and may be a lot more well-rounded in the world of wrestling. So, we're really looking forward to that. And, I don't know, everybody else in the world doesn't really care about that. All they care is, Ronda Rousey, is she going to wrestle? That's mm-hmm. the question we'll be asking for um, how long? Probably forever. So, 
let's talk about another young female superstar that is going to be coming back, and that is Paige. That's right. We talked about her on Tuesday's show. We let everybody know that she was you know, taking a picture on Instagram of her outside the Performance Center. Well, she's there for a reason. She's not just hanging out just to visit. Nope, she's in, in their training. She's making her return. She's getting back into wrestling shape. She's you know, coming off a year of you know, having a neck surgery, trying to heal, trying to get her body back in shape so that she can get back in the ring, and that's what she's done. And, and, and Sean, rumors are that SmackDown's probably the destination for her. Well, uh, we did say that either one could work for her. Uh, it adds another star to that division. It's good. She gets to work with uh, Naomi, Natalia, and all of them over there. I think it, it's more about we know what she can do. We know what she brings. It's It's all about what attitude she has when she comes back, how the fans receive her, and let's go from there. I think I don't think we have to worry about which brand she's on and who she's going to be wrestling. It's it's more about how, what is this absence done for her and, and everything else around that. Uh, yeah, I still find it interesting that it's, it's going to be SmackDown. It makes sense, right? Raw's getting Oscar. SmackDown really could use another person, all that other great stuff too. But I mean, you're right. There, there's supposed to be a storyline in place for, her, but it's it's. I don't know if the in ring stuff is going to matter so much as what people are going to think of her backstage. What everything's going to like. I'm sure, there's just going to be tons and tons of eyes. What just watching Paige and for all the wrong reasons. I, I do think the ring stuff's going to matter because I think there was a lot of. I remember before she left. I think we're all kind of talking about she feels like she's kind of just going through the motions. Her wrestling's not, you know, she's she's kind of been out of sync with the wrestling for a while. So is that going to kind of come back to the page we used to know where you're really hyped for her matches and that kind of thing? So that sort of comes into play. But like we both said, yeah, it's it's going to the more the outside factors are, you know. Everybody's going to be waiting for that whole how long is it going to be before we see her with Patron in a picture in a somewhere near a WWE setting and how that's going to come off for people and, and all that. Yeah, I mean, it also brings up the question of, you know, is El Patron going to be allowed anywhere near the facilities that they'll have, the Performance Center, or is he going to be allowed to come backstage at some of these WWE shows? You know, she's a SmackDown you know, even live events. I'm not just talking about TV tapings. I mean, even the live events. Are, are they going to welcome him in too? You know, it, it, what's going to be you know happening? Like you said, Sean, they're big on social media when he's over there flipping off Triple H's picture. You know, mm-hmm. is that going to go over well? I don't know. I don't know that it will. And you know, I don't really expect Patron to show up. I'm just saying, what if it does become an issue? And those are the kind of things we'll be paying attention to. And sadly. I think the in-ring stuff will be kind of secondary. And it shouldn't be that way, but I think they've kind of set themselves up for that, right? They've done nothing but get themselves in the limelight for all the wrong reasons. So, who knows? Maybe she proves us wrong. I just I have this bad feeling about her right now, and I think it's just because history has proven us, you know, to, to basically be looking at this in a negative way. So, 
Uh, let's talk about something else that's kind of negative. Uh, you know, Flow Sports, you know, of course, you know, puts a lot of money in different wrestling promotions, and WWN is one of those. Uh, but they're apparently not very happy with them right now. Uh, Flow Sports is actually going to sue them for about a million dollars in damages because they say that they've been rep- uh, misrepresenting their actual numbers and all the numbers that they are giving Flow Sports to get, you know, funding seem to be wrong and they're saying you know hey you guys are not really doing these kind of numbers and we're spending a lot more money on you than we really should have so this has become an issue paul and this is kind of a a crazy thing uh i think crazy might be an understatement because this is basically their flagship stuff over there on flow slam and you know it's uh i it doesn't shock me that this has happened. Uh, <laughs> it does, however, surprise me that they're going in for this much. Uh, and basically, I, do you, I, I don't know if they can really take a hit of a million dollars. I don't know how much money Evolve makes, but I doubt it's seven figures, right? This is, It could kill them. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They could, right, Sean? Yeah, it could. Uh, I think... The issue is before FlowSlam, right? Because obviously FlowSlam can understand the numbers they're getting on their own service. It's, we agree to pay you this much money for five years based on these numbers that you were giving us. Mm-hmm. Well, based on the numbers that we're getting on our service, this isn't, they don't seem to match up. Is probably what they're thinking right now. And they're saying, well, we overpaid for something that you know, probably shouldn't have even been in the ballpark. And, you know, yeah, if they want to get out of this contract, probably means that Flow Slam's going to either just become another one of these niche networks and they're going to lower the price monthly. They're going to have to without uh, the WWN Live stuff there. And perhaps this means WWE then... Uh, that becomes part of that premium tier or whatever, because I, I really think that you're, that would be great for WWE to not only have NXT, but then you also have Evolve, or you have some crossover sometimes, or you have guys that you know that they're not saying it, but they're going to Evolve, and some of them are going to make that step to NXT eventually. So you can you kind of get the double A before they go to the triple A, you know. So I don't know. I, I just don't see how this doesn't involve Flow Slam getting out of that contract somehow. And then I just don't know how Flow Slam can can tell you expect you to pay twenty bucks a month for now they really don't have a headliner. Now it's a bunch of just indies that some people are going to watch. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, you know, it's just amazing that this has all come to fruition because, like, you know, you, you talked about, Paul, the WBN's a big deal on Flow Slam. And for them to do this and to really go that far to kind of sabotage this whole situation, it's just a, a huge, you know, deal. And it's a problem. And you're going to see, you know, all these other services really paying attention to what's going on now because of 
you know, WBN's willing to do it. There's other promotions out there that's already maybe still doing this or maybe has done it or maybe would do it. So, you know, they've got to kind of, you know, really, you know, do what they got to do. They can't just let this go on because, well, let's be honest, WBN's taking advantage of them. So, well, Flow I mean, Slam- that's why you don't have anything else like Flow Slam because mm-hmm. when you make these deals, you're having to rely on those people uh, in order to figure out how much money you're going to pay them because I'd say something like high spots, whatever they sign on, they already know they're not really there to make sure that you're getting a zillion numbers of whatever flow slam is obviously oriented towards numbers because they're charging people a $20 a month fee or $150 a month or a year, which that doesn't include just the flow slam that includes everything else. But you know, there's a small number of those like aggregators that they have other things besides their main deal that they own themselves. And I think what killed Flow Slam, even from the beginning, is that all they really had was WWN and then some other stuff. Had they gotten ROH or had they gotten some other big thing along with Evolve, I think that could have kept them – they wouldn't be having this problem right now. Mm-hmm. But – Evolve by itself was never going to be enough to keep them going. Yeah. Yeah, very, very true. It's very disappointing news. And, uh, you know, here's a piece of news that's not so disappointing unless, you know, you're a big fan. But uh, Sexy Star has been dropped from the October AAA show in Tokyo, Japan. You know, uh, it seems like she's pretty much done with AAA. And, uh I, if I ask me, I, I think that should be uh, the truth. Yeah, I don't know if this really shocks anybody, but nice to put that out there that there is some justice in the world. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's good that AAA is understanding that not going to be a lot. You're going to have people turn you down because she's there. It's It's just not a good look for you right now. And... Uh, you know, I hate to say it for her, but it's one of those you dug your own grave, right? Yeah, I mean, it really is the truth, Sean. I mean, when you do something like she did, which is, you know, hurt another human being knowingly and then lie about it and just, you know, basically be that type of person, you know, you have to, you know, pay the consequences. And she's paying the piper right now, so... Uh, well, enough about Sexy Star. I don't want to make give her too much stuff. Eh, let's move on to some other piece of news. That I, this is something that's ongoing. And we've kind of talked a little bit about in the past that this could happen. But this just seems to be becoming more and more true every day. And that's the fact that GFW may no longer be a part of Impact Wrestling. Uh, and that's becoming more true because Jeff Jarrett seems to be more out of the company than ever. Uh, so it looks like Anthem is going to move on, and they want to rebrand. So they want to completely get this thing done to rebrand. That probably means a new name. Uh, but they're also looking at the fact that Orlando has been a situation of consistent, you know, basically remembrance of what TNA was, right? Every time people think of Orlando, they think of Universal Studios, they think of TNA, and they can never get away from that whole mantra of being just, hey, that was TNA, or there still are TNA. So Anthem is going to you know, possibly be moving this promotion up to Canada, 
and rebranding it and having their location being in Toronto. And, you know, not only just changing, you know, cities, they're going to change countries, too. This is kind of crazy, but, I mean, Paul, it actually doesn't sound like a bad idea. I think this makes sense uh, in the in the long run for them, right? If they want to rebrand again, right, and not have whatever sort of idea that people have of what this company has been since they've moved to Universal and they've got 2003, 2004, it makes sense to move it. And we know Anthem is a Canadian company, so moving it closer to home also makes sense, and there's economic advantages and all these other things. That's part of the reason why people think they're doing Bound for Glory and the TV tapings there in uh, Ontario. It's Ontario, right? Uh, I think it's Ontario. <clears throat> yeah. They're, they're doing it there in Canada sort of as a test. And the Anthem higher-ups are only expecting to draw 500 people. And they think they'd be lucky to do that. So I, I think it's a risk. But if it's one that they're willing to make already going out on a limb to buy the place, then I think it makes sense in the long term. Yeah, I think it does. Like you said, the economic advantages are there as well. And it's just, it doesn't make sense to continue to, if you're a Canadian company, just bring it in-house, so to say. You know the lay of the land there. You know what arenas you can get. You know, you could find a permanent home for them if you want, like you had with uh, Universal, and take your shows out of there. Uh, it's all more feasible for you if you move them to Canada. And it's a different audience that you get to use that might care more about whatever you're going to call it next instead of the same orlando universal studios crowd that doesn't give a crap it's you know it it is what it is it's been like that for years yeah and like you like we talked about it's never not going to be tna until you get it out of universal studios and really make it feel different because that's one of the holdovers from that entire time you're still taping in the same arena uh you know you you got to deal with this having the same roster but if you're still taping in the same arena and you're still calling the thing impact and, and everything else, like people are never, that's never going to go away until you change it in every way possible that you can. You're going to, that stigma is going to stay. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, and looking at this, I mean, I, for me, I keep you know hearing around you know different places, and especially when you hear Canadian wrestlers talking, they really want Canada to have its own hot piece of this wrestling pie, right? They want to be the next UK, right? The UK is having all these amazing shows. They got some promotions that are just exploded, and they're doing all these great things in the UK. Well, they want Canada to do that as well, and you've got a promotion like what you have here with Impact. Sure, it may not be the hottest thing in the world, but at least they have big names and they can afford to do some things that really could compete with anything and be way and above anything is in Canada, right? So Mm -hmm. that could be something special. Not only that, you go to a place like Toronto, which is... Uh, it's a big town. It's got lots to offer you. I think it's just a, overall a smart decision. 
And, you know, yes, you do have to deal with a situation where, you know, a lot of the wrestlers will have to, you know, have a visa. But, you know what, guess what? There's a lot of wrestlers already that have to have that anyway. So, you know, it, it's it's just an idea, uh, and I think it looks like it's becoming more true and truer every day. But to me, it's a positive one. If they're not going to do anything else, I mean, this is something. So at least they're trying, right? At least Anthem is trying. Uh, if they go up to Canada and they don't do anything, that may actually be the end. Mm-hmm. But who knows? So. Uh, but yeah. I, I, mean, I do want to say the WWE put out one of those surveys again about doing a premium tier. And for some reason they mentioned GFW, Impact, TNA, and ROH on it as far as getting to watch their content. So I don't... I think it's they're just throwing those names out there just to see if somebody feels one way or the other about them. But I just find that interesting that they just do not give a crap and we'll just put anybody's name on those things. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never mention their names on TV, but they don't mind doing it in print. So Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So let's see. You know, you, I'm never going to say never on any of that. You know, there's one last thing that we're going to talk about here in Quick Kiss before we move on to some Lucha Underground talk, and that is Chris Jericho's cruise that's happening. I am so excited about this. October of next year, we're going to have his cruise take place. It'll be Chris Jericho's uh, rock and wrestling cruise. Or the, it's, a, it's, it's just going to be so much fun. I, I just Rock I and raging Rock and on the wrestling sea or something. Rock, rock and, and wrestling. wrestling. Rager at sea. Rager at sea. Thank you. That's a mouthful. He would uh, want to have a rager. Oh yeah. So, hey, I got a rager talking about this cruise. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw that coming a mile away. I'm just saying. Think about this, guys. Okay, so if you already listen to Chris Jericho's podcast, you know he has his own network. Conan has his own show, which is keeping it 100. Him and Disco Inferno, and I'm sure, you know, of course, Rey Mysterio is going to be there, along with maybe some of the other people from his show, which, hey, Juventud Guerrero is one of those guys. Lots of really cool guys from that show. You have Don Callis and Lance Storm, who do a podcast together on the network. You're going to have, you know, uh, also, you know, Raven, one of my other favorite guys from WCW who does his own podcast. Also, you know, sharing some love with the Paranormal Podcast over there on Jericho's Network, which is Beyond the Darkness, which Dave Schrader and Tim Dennis really stoked about that. I listen to their show all the time. I love it. Uh, So trust me, there's going to be lots of different great things going on with that. I'm sure lots of live podcasts be done there. Lots of wrestling. You're going to have the Ring of Honor guys over there as well. They're going to have a Sea of Honor tournament, which I think is going to be a blast. That would be really cool to check out. Plus, you're going to have some other WCW guys over there. You'll have Diamond Dallas Page, guys like that joining on, along with Mick Foley. So he's not going to be left out of this picture, too. And to host the entire event, Jim Ross himself will be there in person to do it. This is going to be, I mean, a, a cruise, guys, that I truly want to be a part of. I don't know if I will. I don't know if my wife would allow it, but I want to so badly to go on this cruise. I can't believe that Gary didn't mention the guy that he has the most rager for, Disco Inferno, being on there. That's- yeah. Uh, you know, uh, 
I like him okay. Uh, he he did his thing. I mean, if it was Buff and he was the stuff, then I would be more into him. But Buff Bagwell is probably still gigoloing. He's probably not going to be there. So needs more glacier. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he showed up at an ROH event, right? So why not be on this? Oh my God! Yeah, and it doesn't even stop there, guys. You know they're going to have comedy too on this, and you know it's going to be Jim Brewer. I love Jim Brewer. That's- oh my God! So I, it just it can't get any better. Add Dave Chappelle. I'm going to be there. Oh, if, if Dave Chappelle's get- on there, that boat's going to be so damn full. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can only imagine. Oh boy. So, no, I mean, this is, I mean, honestly, I, I'm going to get on a cruise, cruise in October, right? And I'm super stoked about that. But if this was the cruise I was going on, I'd be the happiest man. Plus, they're going to have Fozzie there, I'm sure, and some other big bands uh, that, you know, Chris Jericho's tied with. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they didn't have Kiss on there because Jericho's pretty tight with those guys. So, there's lots of different things going on with this cruise. I, Definitely encourage anyone out there. If you're even interested, you better get your tickets soon because they will sell. So anyway, well, that's the, the biggest news. I think that was really fun just to hear about, and I'm super stoked about it. So I've got to calm myself down a little bit. I've got to calm it and just get ready to talk some reviews. So <laughs> breathe, Gary. Do some uh. So anyway, all right, well, guys, we are about to jump into some Lucha Underground. And I also just wanted to let you guys know we'll be talking to Japan a little later. And don't forget some Impact Wrestling talk. So lots of cool stuff coming up. All right, guys. Well, it is time for us to talk some Lucha Underground. So we're going to do that right now. All right, Lucha Underground. Uh, this is basically the go-home for Ultima Lucha, which I'm super excited for because they did a lot of great groundwork this week. And they open up with uh, Phoenix backstage training with Melissa Santos. And uh, basically it's them going and trading moves back and forth, almost as if they were doing it without actually doing it. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> she uh, she wants to see him without his mask on. Uh, and they they do this right, I feel like, because it's everything to him. It's his identity. It's his soul. It's all the stuff that you hear on Lucha every week. Uh, and if it's taken from him, he loses everything. Um, so that way, it, it really makes that mask match, uh, or at least the mask versus hair match with him, and Marty coming up feel uh, very important, and she promises that um, he's not going to lose it. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah, okay, so I just, I just don't want to skip too far ahead because I have to address this. So this was a really well-shot package here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, they really did a good job of making this feel intimate. It, it, it felt important. It, it was very, very well done. I, I just got to give them credit, but why would you expect anything less? I think Lucha Underground does an excellent job in that. They set a great ambiance in whatever they're doing, right? Whether it be Drago in the bathroom or, you know, it doesn't matter. It, it, all that matters is they do a great job of setting a scene, and this was very sensual. This was, you know, something that, I mean, it, it, it wasn't as, I, I want to say, sexual as... Uh, uh, that was a couple, uh, five weeks ago, you know, at the bar with Tejano and all that. With, mm-hmm. uh, but nonetheless, this was still very sexual and at the same time very cool. Uh, you know, 
basically Phoenix needs to watch out though because she wants you to take his mask off. Look, you got to be careful of this stuff, Phoenix. You know, you got to know what's right. He knew it was right. He had to keep his mask on. I mean, just think about it. You know, she told Cage to take his pants off. Look what happened with that. So, just good job, Phoenix. You were very smart. Yeah, it's you know? about to say. Always let it be said that protection in any way is smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, you're right. So I'm sorry. I just had to throw that out there. Good job. <laughs> I think this is a, once again something that actually made me care more about what we were going to get next. I, I absolutely agree because they will be teaming up later to take on Marty the Moth and Mariposa. But first, uh, we have the wonderful addition of Famous B as the ring announcer since Melissa is wrestling tonight, and I loved this. I thought he was very funny all night long. Uh, but you have Dante Fox taking on Tejano. Fun little five and almost six minute match here. Uh, Dante ends up getting the win, uh, and this is due to Famous B sort of screwing up and jumping the gun after Tejano uh, covers for a two count, and Famous B is like, "Oh, you won!" and then let's celebrate and all this stuff, and then Dante rolls him up, and that's how it ends. It is quite funny, yeah. right? I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> you feel terrible for famous me uh but at the same time you're like you know you kind of deserve it right i mean mm-hmm. so um i like this for the fact that it you know this is a storyline that you know it may not be that important but it's still something that you want to follow and you i like the interaction between him and tejano i, I think it's pretty funny so this leads to dario coming out and announcing that at ultima lucha uh famous b will go We'll, we'll find a partner, I guess, for a handicap match against uh, Tejano. And if Tejano loses, uh, then he will have his contract given to Famous B. So, Wait, nervous. so uh, well, hold on a second. So well, did I watch this wrong? Are they actually going to allow him to find somebody? Because I thought when he says, how am I going to wrestle? I have a broken arm. He goes, I guess it's a handicap match. I'm I, a, I, I, I guess I miss construed the zinger there <laughs> i don't know maybe not maybe you're right i, I did, maybe i was watching it halfway or something i just thought it was funny i laughed i was like that is awesome i've never heard of that in wrestling like oh well, then you're gonna be in a handicap match because you're handicapped <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you're oh. you may, you're probably all right they're probably gonna have somebody else. What, what sense would it make for famous b to have a broken arm and he can't even compete with two healthy arms <laughs> joking that it's a handicap match my bad i misread my notes <laughs> not so, a handicap match just straight up one yeah on one. yeah it is one-on-one but that's what it's, it's kind of funny because he's got a broken arm and all that so right. i thought it was a great zinger i'm sorry <laughs> I, I laughed i thought it was funny uh they also confirmed kill shot versus dante fox for one of the ultima lucha shows and what's being called a hell of war match, which is, I guess, a three stages of hell match, so different stipulations across the three falls. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll main event one of the shows. But that'll bring us to uh, Dario meeting with Son of Havoc backstage, uh, and he wants to, uh, he says when he wins the Gift of the Gods championship, he's going to be joining the title match at Ultima Lucha since they're calling back all the way back to the last one when he lost that tournament to main event, uh, the next Ultima Lucha. And this is when Pentagon Dark shows up and says that he's going to break everybody's arms and win the title tonight. Uh, so Dario starts calling up EMTs <laughs> for the main event. <laughs> Once again, this guy is on tonight. Yeah, I mean, he is. 
<laughs> it's golden. I mean, uh, so I mean, I, I you know, I, I love that part about this whole thing, and uh, you know, really, this is leading into Ultima Lucha, right? So mm-hmm. this is kind of their go home, and so I appreciate all this, and, and it's kind of cool about this is. Everything that they're doing so far as you're watching the show, it, it you know, it only makes sense. And, well, the guy that's on the camera most usually is the person setting these matches up. And Cuerno's doing a good job, so. Not Cuerno. I, I, I don't, uh, Dario. I'm, Dario, yeah. I'm going crazy. So, that's, there you go. I was with you. I knew what you meant. I was going to agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good job, Gary Cuerno. Nice job, buddy. <laughs> Representing someone that's not even doing anything here. Okay. No. <laughs> This brings us to that mixed tag match I was talking about earlier. Marty the Moth and Mariposa taking on Melissa Santos and Phoenix. This gets the lion's share of the time as far as wrestling goes this week, almost nine minutes. Uh, Marty and Mariposa end up getting the win uh, since uh, Phoenix basically uh, gets uh, taken out and that's left Melissa, I think, on her own if I'm remembering correctly, and she mm-hmm. ends up uh, eating a double-team pedigree to lose. Yeah. Well, you know, they do the old classic tie Phoenix to the ropes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so Phoenix has no choice but to sit here and watch this poor defenseless, you know, Mar- uh, Santos just basically, I hate to say the word, and I'm not going to say it, but violated by these two. And uh, it was that got a little creepy too, right? Because Marty was all in her face, and it was it was kind of creepy to watch, to be honest with you. Once again, why I love Lucha Underground because they give you those moments where you kind of feel like you're in there with them, and you kind of feel violated too. There's not a lot of other promotions that shoot their shows like this, and this is made for entertainment, really. Mm-hmm. I know WWE says they're entertainment, but trust me, Lucha Underground is all about entertainment so they did a good job of setting the scene there and i really liked it i thought they did a good job and you know it it only makes sense for what phoenix is going to be doing next i mean you have someone who's inexperienced like you know the person who calls you know all the matches when it comes to ring announcing and she's now in this situation where first match and and she's put in a terrible situation so you kind of felt you know, really bad for her and the whole thing. So I like all this. It builds and it really sets you up for Ultima Lucha and this big match between Phoenix and Marty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Phoenix frees himself afterwards and makes the save to run him off. But you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, it's as if they didn't already dislike each other enough. Now they've taken it to that next level and should make for a terrific match. Uh, they then run down some of the matches that have, they've announced for Ultima Lucha, uh, which you can find floating around out there, uh, since I don't want to go over all of them, because we're going to be talking about them over the next four weeks. But main event is Gift of the Gods title, uh, as it's being formed here. Everybody turns in their medallions. And it basically is just a gigantic brawl between everybody for about seven minutes. Uh, this, however, does eventually lead to a double pin as uh, Son of Havoc pins Mala Suerte and Pentagon covers Paul London at the same time, and they both get a three count, which brings Dario out to make a ladder match for the championship at Ultima Lucha, so Pentagon and Son of Havoc will battle it out for that title. I'm really excited. I am too. Mm-hmm. This is going to be really, really fun, and I'm 
trying to remember. I mean, the, 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 I, I'm probably blanking on a big match, Paul. Is this the first ladder match? Or have they done it before? I just, in my head, I don't know why I'm not thinking they have. Have they? They've, they've done a ladder match. They did one at the start of season two whenever Phoenix and um, King Quinterno were sort of trading oh. the title back and forth. Okay, okay, I see, that's why, because I can't remember. And I was a little spotty in watching season two. I had to mm. catch up on some of that, so that's probably why my memory is not right on that. So, okay, there you go. But this is not a regular thing. Uh, so that's what's even cooler about this, is it's not something you see all the time. And I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I'm just thinking about how much more dangerous Pentagon can be, and this is it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, Son of Havoc likes to do the dives, and they're both super over with the crowd. So this match should just be incredible, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, before we exit, though, we have Dario meeting, uh, I guess, Councilman Delgado's replacement inside the limo. He still has the gauntlet and thinks that Jeremiah Crane or Mino Muertes could be a good host for their mutual friend, who, of course, is whatever dark deity lies within the gauntlet. Uh, And so he books Cage, Crane, and Muertes, with the winner getting the gauntlet again. And uh, whoever is in the, the limo with Dario seems to approve of all of this. And it's sort of roundabout booking, if you ask me, but I'm all about three big dudes beating the bejesus out of each other. Uh, when you you know talk about this match you do think just that right these Mm -hmm. guys are going to be destroying each other it's going to be a massive just world of uh bloodthirsty guys just trying to tear each other limb by limb and that's what i'm excited about and i think it's going to be really good and you know i think at the end of the day it'll mean something because they'll have that revelation and that revelation is probably going to blow our minds so i'm looking forward to it and i think it's it's definitely a smart match i mean as they set these matches up the entire night i'm like good god what what tell me one that's going to be bad like give me one of these matchups that i'm just going to sit here and say i have no interest and yeah. they haven't done it so far <laughs> They um they did, however, have the problem of Ivalice getting hurt, and uh, I'm sure, like a lot of people, whenever she laid out the challenge at the beginning of this season, have forgotten that she's going to have a match with Katrina at Ultima Lucha. <laughs> but that's really the only one I could think of. Uh, that's true. Didn't think about that one. But who knows? Maybe they can have a, a car hitter or something like that. She can't compete. <laughs> I mean, this is Lucha Underground. You never know. Maybe, you know, uh, you know, so... Um, Maybe the guy in the limo steals her away. You know, you know. So. Maybe so. I hope the guy in the limo, is, like they say, he's you know, creepy person, or they're saying something, and you, the revelation is it's Chuck Norris. That's my goal. I hope it's Chuck Norris. So. I hope it's Glacier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even better. Yes, nineteen nineties all over again. WCW. Let's, Let's make it, it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. So, no, I mean, uh, that's pretty much rounds out the show, right? I, mean, I can't think of anything that's we missed. It. Yeah, and you know, I'm really looking forward to it. So we we're going to be going through week by week and doing this. And I, I guess, Paul, we're not going to do any really predictions, are we? Are we not? I, I don't remember if we ever decided that on these matchups. We don't have to. Um, uh, just to- we can if you want to. I do have the card here in front of me still. And, and, and let me just say this while you're looking up to make sure we have the card in front of you. I, you know, it's kind of bums me out because I'm going to be on vacation on one of these weeks of Ultima Lucha. And that really sucks because I, I love talking Lucha Underground. And, you know, missing a week is going to be a bummer. But I think there's four weeks in it 
which makes me happy because I'm only going to miss one out of the four. And, I, and I'll watch it, but it just sucks because I love it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you uh, believe what everything's going around out there on the Internet, too, uh, they still haven't found anybody to fund the next season yet. So this could be going oh. the way of the dinosaurs. Oh, Paul. No, oh, we need to find some money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. You're breaking my heart here. So, well, uh, do you want to quickly? We can probably do this pretty quick, I think. We can I probably think run so. down. Let's, let's do so. it. Uh, so, looking down here, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be getting into spoilery stuff, and I don't think so. Uh, they have a steel cage match scheduled for Dragon Azteca Jr. against Mon- uh, Matanza, since uh, Matanza has basically annihilated Dragon Azteca's mentor here. I don't see this ending well for the young Azteca Jr. <laughs> nope, uh, no, I don't either. Uh, yeah, it's Matanza. Yeah, absolutely Matanza. And then you also have the one match I mentioned before: Katrina challenged Evilee, or Evilee's challenged Katrina. Excuse me, way back at the beginning of the sh- of the season, uh, and Evilee's unfortunately got hurt at one of the tapings and uh, has missed the rest of it. So this has had literally zero build unless you have long memories. I, I don't know really which way to go here. <laughs> uh, let's just say Evilise uh, uh, gets kidnapped by somebody, doesn't show up, so she forfeits. I'll say Evilise shows up, but Katrina's magics or whatever are gonna help her win the day. So she's uh, gonna implode. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of course, you have that big Lucha de Apuesta, which is Marty the Moth Martinez's hair against Phoenix's mask. I think we all know which way that's going to go. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I, I'm going. Yeah, well, you going Phoenix too? Or oh you, yeah, Phoenix for sure. Yeah, because if it ever happened where Phoenix lost the mask, I mean, he's done. <laughs> we don't want that. I don't know if he's done, but history usually isn't on your side when you dump the mask outside of Mexico. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, it's it's not good. So yeah, uh, we have a last Luchador standing match as Taya takes on Sexy Star. Uh, I I my perception has been colored now, so I'm picking Taya. <laughs> I'm picking Taya, even if you know I don't care what happens. I'll pick Arnold Schwarzenegger, just not <laughs> Sexy Star. And then we have that big Hell of War match, three stages of Hell, as Dante Fox takes on Killshot. If this is anything like Killshots and Marty's big war match that they had earlier this season, uh, or at the end of last season, I think it was, uh, I am all the way down for this. I'm going to pick Killshot. You know what? I'm right there with you. I think there's a reason they highlighted him in this past episode of Lucha Underground. So I'm I'm with you. Uh, And then we have that contract match as Tejano takes on Famous B, which I wager will probably change around a bunch. But somehow, some way, I'm sure B is getting that contract. He has to. It yeah. only makes sense. I mean, it sucks that we may never see you know the future of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and then that brings us to our gift of the gods ladder match as Pentagon takes on Son of Havoc. Uh, I probably shouldn't predict this one because I know how this ends. <laughs> you son of a. Okay, I'll say Pentagon because he's my hero. I think he's a lot of people's hero. Uh, <laughs> that gauntlet match, of course, is Cage takes on Mio Muertes and Jeremiah Crane. I this would be too easy if the gauntlet went back to Cage. I feel like so. I'm going to go with Mio. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think it means more with Meal. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Uh, and then, of course, that leads us to our Lucha Underground title match, which, uh, if this is the last we ever see of Lucha Underground, how I'll propose to end it with what started it as Johnny Mundo defends against Prince Puma. Yeah, and I think Puma uh, is not going to win. I'll, I'll say, no, I don't know. That's hard. I think Prince Puma. I'll just say Puma. I, even though the future doesn't tell me that. The future tells me he would not win. It's hard. It is hard. Uh, they're so evenly matched and all of that good stuff, too. Uh, so I, uh, seeing as I also know how this turns out, I will once again abstain. <laughs> uh, I, I have a gut feeling that it means Prince Puma is not here. But, uh, yeah, I'll just pick him. Why not? So we'll move on. So. All right. Well, that means, uh, I mean, Ultimate Lucha is going to be over the next four weeks, and it's going to suck to miss you for a week, Gary, but I can't wait to watch it. Oh, I know you can. You'll hold it over <laughs> my head the entire time, but that's okay. I'll be looking forward to watching it, and of course, I'll just you know give my feedback the next week. So, all right. Well, we got some new Japan stuff to talk about, and I'm really looking forward, Paul, to you telling us a little bit about what happened this past week with it. So we'll be you know doing that next. King of Spot, New Japan Pro Wrestling. All right, so this is, of course, New Japan's Destruction Show in Hiroshima that took place on the 16th, which this is a little old now. Uh, we were trying to give Sean some more time to watch it, but unfortunately he could not find it with all the other stuff that he's been doing. Uh, so I will very quickly go over all this. Of course, you have your usual undercard tags going on here. Uh, nothing super stellar, I think, to really write home about. Nothing super storyline going on here other than Beretta and Rocky Romero having... Another last hurrah is Rapogni Vice uh, and getting the win over Chase Owens and Yujiro Takahashi in a nice feel-good moment uh, with Yujiro then telling Trent to go back to the juniors uh, with Rocky because he's not ready to be a heavyweight, and that will lead to a singles match between those two, I would assume. You also have Suzuki Gun uh, and Michael Elgin still going to war with those guys, uh, which unfortunately does not go... Uh, for Suzuki Gun's way as uh, Izuka gets put away by Kota Ibushi, uh, who is now building up to challenge uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi at King of Pro Wrestling after this show, because Tanahashi defends his Intercontinental title successfully against Zack Sabre Jr., uh, and that match is sure to be stellar, and King of Pro Wrestling's already shaping up to be phenomenal. Uh, their G1 match was great. I can't wait to see them lock up again, and Depending on how this next Destruction show goes, it'll either be Omega and Ibushi at the Dome for the U.S. or the Intercontinental title, or both. Because, uh, you know, why not? Uh, <laughs> uh, Kushida also successfully defends his junior heavyweight title against El Desperado in a very enjoyable match. Uh, I don't think anybody bought that Despi was going to win, but the work was quite good. Uh, you have Will Ospreay come out post-match to challenge Kushida. Uh, since he has yet to beat him, no matter where they have wrestled in the world, whether it's Ring of Honor or in, over in England or here in Japan. However, Hiromu comes out, and he wants to challenge as well. However, before he can, Osprey knocks him the hell out, and uh, that, I guess, means that it's going to be Osprey and Kushida at King of Pro Wrestling? As I hold my hands in the air? Who knows? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds good anyway. Absolutely, yeah. They, their matches just do not disappoint. Uh, and, of course, as we continue to 
build up to uh, the Tokyo Dome next year. We have uh, Chaos led by Okada with Tomohiro Ishii, Toriyano, Will Ospreay, and Ghetto taking on LIJ, which is the usual great stuff that you would expect there with uh, LIJ coming out on top after uh, Ghetto eats a MX from... Uh, I'm blanking. Bushi. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> War Machine also successfully defends their tag team titles once again against... Uh, God and Killer Elite Squad, and Taguchi and Ricochet successfully defend their junior heavyweight tag team titles against Kanemaru and Taichi, which was fine. You have usual Suzuki gun stuff, but I I just can't stand Taichi, and as much as I like the other three in this, it's just kind of bleh for me. So uh, that does lead, however, to Rocky Romero saying that he's got a new tag team partner as he announces Rapogni 3000 to challenge for the titles next. Uh, and we'll see just how that turns out. So good show. I much better than their last one. Uh, and your main events that you're expecting absolutely deliver as well. So it's worth a watch for sure. Yeah. sounds pretty awesome. That's really cool to hear that, you know, it, at least it gave you something to kind of, you know, grab onto, right, Paul? I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes these shows, you know, will have a little bit of lax and you just kind of get, eh, but at least you had something there. So, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're on the back half of the year, so things usually sort of tone down a little bit before you get the big gasp at King of Pro Wrestling. And then it's basically everybody waiting around for the Tokyo Dome while they do the Tag League. I see. Yeah. You know, the tag league is a big deal and mm. you know, you got to have some downtime. You can't have everything being gold, right? It's true. So, it is true. Um, yeah. I mean, so those are the only shows we had from this past week, right? That's it. Yeah. The next destruction okay. show I believe is this Saturday, if I remember correctly. Okay, cool. Well, we'll definitely be checking back in with new Japan after that show. And of course, uh, we'll be talking a lot more uh, about some other great stuff. So let's go ahead and move on though from here then, uh, since we're moving out of new Japan, Let's jump into some Impact Wrestling. That's right, because I'm guaranteeing you we'll be seeing Impact more when we do GFW in the near future. So <laughs> You are sure ahead. right, because that has gotten messy. <laughs> oh, boy. We'll probably talk more about that. In, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but we'll probably be talking more about that stuff You know, later on down the line, I'm sure. We already talked a little bit about it tonight. We won't get back into that. So let's go ahead and just talk about this week's episode. Let's do it. Johnny Impact shows up to the building. Eli Drake... Uh, is who he's looking for, and he just basically walks straight out the ring to call him out, uh, wanting revenge for the attack, and he wants a shot. Now, this brings KM out, who uh, says that Eli is still fulfilling commitments in Mexico, and he's not here. Johnny calls bullshit. KM says, you know what? You can just wrestle me. Uh, I'm undefeated. I want a match. And Johnny's like, you know what? Whatever, dude. I'll beat you in, like, super fast, and I'll put the title shot up for grabs. And he does. He beats KM in like three minutes. Hey, good job. Uh, I guess, you know, management's not really up with KM anymore. You know, I guess that was somebody else's project. That's why he looks like this, because I never thought they were going to treat him like this, and they did. And now we can all put our hands up. Why do they even sign KM? Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, as you like to term it, a warm body on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a bully that is not very bullyish. He gets mm-hmm. beat up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Pagano is meeting with somebody backstage, telling him he knows what he needs to do tonight, so uh, that kind of grabbed my interest after that snore of an opening. And then we have Taya Valkyrie taking on Ava Storm. 
Uh, this is another quick squash to basically get in, get your stuff in, get out, and that's what Taya does. And this leads to basically the entire Knockouts roster exploding in the middle of the ring because Valkyrie wants a shot, but here comes Rosemary, and he wants a shot, or she wants a shot, and then Sienna comes out to break it all up and say that nobody's really worthy, and we get a huge fight, and it just breaks down from there. You have Taryn Terrell run out, you have Allie come out, Gail Kim comes out, and basically the faces get to stand tall at the end of this uh, I'm assuming we'll get a six-woman tag somewhere down the line, maybe next week at Victory Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're getting. Uh, Karen mm-hmm. Jarrett already set it up, and uh, I mean, I don't know if we should expect anything great. I mean, we, should, we could. I mean, uh, th- this could surprise us, but I don't know. Uh, I really have not been impressed with the knockouts lately. They just don't do anything. It's not, I think, all their fault, to be honest with you. I, I think a lot of this is the booking and the way they've kind of set things up, and being kind of corny you know it is what it is i think they're expecting taya to come in and be this super spectacular superstar which she does fine i'm not saying that she's not you know doing a good job i just don't know you know we've always seen the squashes so mm-hmm. we have no guarantees that there's anything great coming out of this so i'm a little lost i don't know what to really think about this division i know it's not been great lately and hopefully maybe victoria road it starts anew right and we get some big things coming out so um yeah i mean that's what it is and uh, uh, go ahead i'll let you finish your point i have something to say or go ahead oh no i was just gonna move on from there because i thought you were finishing okay up, <laughs> I, I am finishing but i wanted before we get too far i i completely forgot and i had to bring this up okay so i'm gonna start back at the johnny impact thing Boy, I always like him. I like him as Johnny Mundo. I like him as Johnny Nitro. But boy, Johnny Impact. I don't need to see him as a sucker to the crowd. That was annoying. I don't mm-hmm. know if you got annoyed, Paul, but I got super annoyed. What did he call him? A douche rocket or something like that? Something like that, yeah. That was It was just too much. I'm sorry. Come on. I like you more as a gray area guy. Don't start making out with the crowd. It's, it's too far. So yeah, I had to throw that criticism in. I, I mean, I think that's fair. I think Johnny Nitro, Impact, Mundo, whatever the hell you want to call him, uh, I think he's much better as a heel. But they mm-hmm. have tons of those on GFW already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not hard for him to be the babyface because we all love him. Mm-hmm. I, I love him to death. He's a, he's a super excellent, you know, great star in the role of wrestling. I don't matter what promotion he's in. It's just that that was a little too much. A little mm-hmm. too bubblegum for my taste. So that's all I had to say. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to... Uh, we get some clips of this show that GFW is running called Global Forge, which is basically like a star search forum. Um, you have Rosemary be delightfully insane as she talks about how she wants to murder the heels. Uh, PD Williams has a match with Trevor Lee, which we're going to talk about later. Bound for Glory video package where they announce the Ontario stuff and, uh, the exceedingly low expectations of what they're expecting to draw to is quite funny, which we'll talk about, uh, which we've talked about in Quick Hits already, but uh, Grado shows up uh, representing Park Park and Park now, uh, and he's uh, selling gimmicks, essentially. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, you know, it's cheesy, but it's kind of funny. I can't yeah. lie. It, it has its place. It it kind of works, but then you're just like, good God, why did I laugh at that? Or why did I think that was amusing? Um, so, hey, 
they, they at least they're doing something positive right there. And uh, mm-hmm. Grado is a guy that I like, and you know, uh, it, it 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 works. It works okay. Um, the the one thing I do wanted to say about this really quickly is the global forge uh, thing. It's I think it's nice that they're being like. You know, WWE and they're showcasing, you know, their younger stars and they're making a big deal about it. I thought it went way too long. Oh, absolutely. And I I think it also overexposed the lack of talent that's in that group. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't mean to be mean. I don't mean to be hateful. It's not about that. It's just that the talent that they were showing me on my TV, it looked like they went to a local wrestling school and said, give me your youngest guys. I don't care if they just walked out of high school, give them to me. I'm going to let them say some things. Let's move. I, I, I wanted to see people that have been in it for a while who are coming because impact is a big company. We're supposed to main something. I wanted to see bigger stars. Like I, I know I wouldn't know them, but you know, a guy when you see him, right, Paul, Mm-hmm. You know when there's somebody on your screen, they get a chance to wrestle. They showcase some guys. I will give them that credit. There was a couple of guys they showcased, and they specifically gave their names as people that they're really interested in. And those guys are the guys I needed to see. Get rid of the other guys. All these other guys that look like they are working at a pizza place. I don't need to see them. Just show me the guys that matter. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was annoying the crap out of me. I'm like, good God, you should have filmed me, guys. I have no talent in wrestling. Film me. I'll give you the same thing four of those guys gave you tonight. Oh, I don't need to see guys working at a pizza place. <laughs> you know half of those guys are working at 7-Eleven or something. Come on. They probably are working at pizza places, Gary. We can't hate on them for having a day job now. And I'm happy with that. Just don't <laughs> show them to me until it's time for them to be at least close. Those guys are nowhere close to being in the ring. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, after all that, you have Eddie Edwards team up with EC3 to take on Pagano and El Hijo de Fantasma. I enjoyed this greatly. This is probably one of the better matches, if not the best match on the show. Uh Really great back and forth. I really like. I, I like Pagano. He's he very quickly grew on me. Uh, I like th- basically everybody in this match, and it's pretty hard to to be down on it. You have Tejano show up. Uh, he attacks Eddie Edwards, and Fantasma uh, covers him afterwards to get the pinfall. So you're telling me you like a clown? I do. Wow. So there you go, kids. Tears of a clown make Paul happy, right? So. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you're right. Pagano is a talent. I, I'm not going to lie. Creeps me out a little bit, but I, I think he, he did fine. He did good. It's a good way, I think. Like, he's, he just he feels different from everybody. I really like that. Yeah. And he's not the scary Steve kind of clown either. So, mm-hmm. uh, No, you're right. It, it, this was actually a really good match. I think they did an excellent job. Then you got Tejano coming down. And then you got one of Paul's favorite guys of all time coming down. Cowboy. (sighs) (laughs) I knew you skipped it for a reason, Paul. I didn't want to talk about it, but (laughs) the AAA guys do a beatdown. James Storm makes the save. He shakes hands with Eddie, but not EC3 since they uh, feuded pretty recently. So I'll give him that. At least there's continuity, but I... uh... There's no faster way to get me to not care about something to throw James Storm at me. (laughs) That's true. And isn't it funny... 
uh, you know, because I alluded to this on our NXT review, that they're using this kind of storyline where, you know, it's it's AAA versus Impact, right? This mm-hmm. is basically what they're kind of coming from. Don't come in our country kind of thing. And uh, Which I also think is funny because they're talking about Mexico. It's not the America thing, don't come in our country. It's Mexico, don't come in our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's it's actually kind of cool. I think it's something that's you know, I, I think at least interesting on this show. The only thing is, is I'm not sure that I'm loving James Storm being involved. I'm kind of agreeing with you on that form. But then again, it makes kind of sense because he's the original, the original guy in TNA that led to Impact and all that stuff. So who knows? It could be a really good feud, but I don't, I'm not going to get my expectations too high. I wouldn't either. Uh, the execution has felt kind of lame at times, if you ask me, as far as what they're doing with this whole AAA GFW feud thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Impact runs into Phantasma and Tejano backstage, and uh, basically just starts talking to him about how he knows Eli Drake is in Mexico, and Tejano is like, "Hey, man, I don't like you," uh, and starts bad mouthing him and. Impact finally has enough. Says, you know what? I'll defend my title shot tonight against you, too. Impact is uh, obviously not scoring highly on SAT tests. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but, you, I mean, at least you get to see Johnny Impact twice, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it was fine. And this is a better match than the KM match. I think that him and Tejano did it pretty well. Uh, you know, they should. They you know, been in AAA together, so they they should be very familiar with each other. And I, I think it went fine. I, I, mm-hmm. I had no problem with it. In the end, you know, you have Johnny Impact standing tall, and I think that's the way it needed to be. I, I agree with you. Uh, Impact beats Tejano in about 15 minutes. This is pretty good, uh, as Gary was saying, a, a big snap German Starship Pain to get him to victory. I mean, Tejano just... He looked great, if you ask me to, but Impact has just looked unstoppable since he walked through the door, which I guess is sort of what they're after. It just, it doesn't really make you feel like Eli Drake has much of a shot. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And you know what? I I still love Eli Drake. I do. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's basically his charisma is what I like. I'm not saying he's anything spectacular in the ring or anything like that, but... Everything you're seeing out of Johnny Impact, you're right. It alludes to Eli Drake is just holding, keeping that title warm for him. Uh huh. Yeah, it's very so. much what it looks like too. Um, we also have Congo Kong take on Mahabali Shara. I don't know if we really need to talk about this other than Congo wins. That's about it. That's, that's really about it. This is god awful. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh. We get a video package with Moose talking about all of his problems with Lashley, uh, and he's looking forward to dragging him back into the ring to get his payback. Uh, Laurel Van Ness is out in the crowd looking for a man, apparently, and then we finish up uh, with them finally showing Eli Drake in Mexico in his mask with Mascara de Bronco for uh, AAA down in Mexico. And this was... This was fine, right? I mean, it's clipped. It's really meant to show off Eli Drake in front of this bigger show, in, in, at this bigger show in a bigger place and all these other things. Um, and, and to that end, if you're trying to make Eli look like he matters internationally and, and elsewhere, seeing as that's sort of a big deal right now if you're a wrestling fan, um, this certainly does satisfy that. 
Yeah, I think so. You know, and it does showcase Eli Drake, the champion, at least on this show, without having to give away, you know, oh, well, you know, somebody else on the roster is getting a title shot. Why do they get the title shot? All those kind of questions. Uh It makes complete sense for someone else from a different promotion getting a title shot or getting an opportunity to face Eli Drake. And it doesn't mess anything up over there at Impact. So I'm I'm actually okay with it. I You know, the match was fine. I wasn't blown away by it. I think they did a decent job. I think partly I was more entertained by the, all the honking you heard in the crowd and all that stuff. So I forget you haven't watched Lucha. That's very common in AAA for yeah. sure. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of AAA people. I know Paul, you're you, you probably are used to it. Kind of like the Minnesota Viking fans are used to the. I'm not used to that sound. So, I yeah. Yeah, Very I barely colorful. notice bullhorns anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just say it. It's very colorful, too. Uh, I was telling my wife, she was in the room where this match was on, and I was like, I, I, it's obvious it's a Hispanic culture, but, man, that's a colorful ring right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, Eli Drake wins. It's good for him. Uh, at least he's keeping that title warm. Yeah, that's that's what he's doing. The victory roads next week. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then when he loses the title, at least he can get Laurel Vanessa to come over and keep him warm. So, well, that's always nice. She needs a man. She she needs help. So somebody help her. <laughs> I'm just worried she's going to start asking the eternal question: Where's Trent? So we'll never yeah. know. Never, never know. <laughs> anyway, well, that is Impact Wrestling this week, guys. Uh, well, we are going to do one more thing on this show before we get out of here. We are going to do some talk about Superstar of the Week. That's right. We are going to crown one. So let's jump into this thing now. Superstar of the Week. Take it away, Gary. All right. Well, we're going to get off this thing hot and heavy with Johnny Impact getting a point from us this week, Paul. Yeah, like like we said during our Impact coverage, he's looked unstoppable. Great match with Tejano. uh, Basically squashes KM. He's got big things on the horizon for him, and he's on two shows right now. Can't really forget about that either. That's very, very true. Well, let's give some love to Kushida with two points. Successful junior heavyweight title defense at Destruction. Uh, really fun match with Despy too, and and just absolutely worth your time. I go watch that. There's a guy that I like to say is too sweet, and he's of course going to get three points from us, Marty Scroll. Uh, yes, the real villain of pro wrestling. What a match he had with Rocky Romero this week on ROH TV. Absolutely, go watch that if you haven't yet. Wonderful grappling, really fun all the way around too, and uh, it's just one of those matches where I think Marty really excels at. You get a great picture of him. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are going to earn four from us. I mean, Red Dragon, Mustache Mountain, inside a WWE ring. I don't really know if I need to say much more just at how wacky that sounds, but Red Dragon wins. It's a wonderful match. It's got some, you know, silliness at the end with Cole getting involved and sort of making it feel cheap, but it's still a great match. Go watch it. Definitely. And something that doesn't sound wacky at all is the fact that we are going to crown our Superstar of the Week, who's going to get five points, and that is Tanahashi. Yeah, Hiroshi Tanahashi successfully defends that Intercontinental title over at that same Destruction show I mentioned with Kushida. Wonderful, wonderful outing with Zack Sabre Jr., who I'm sure is just going to get more and more opportunities at titles as time goes on in New Japan, but 
Tanahashi looked great, and he's got Kota Ibushi on the horizon. And I, uh, King of Pro Wrestling, really just can't get here fast enough. <laughs> oh, definitely. I am on for that. Yeah, there you go. Tanahashi is, of course, our superstar of the week, so congrats to him. All right. Well, that is our show for the night. We appreciate everybody who joined in with us. We've had a lot of fun here. Uh, of course, you know, we've covered a lot of great things on this show. We've got a lot of awesome things to be talking about this week. And, of course, we'll be doing, like I mentioned earlier in the show, a No Mercy review show this Sunday night right after the show. We'll be looking for us. Of course, Monday morning on your drive home. Uh, that's also probably the best way because we usually record those so late. That'll probably be the best time for you guys. So Monday morning, be looking for that show on demand. It's going to be a really great show. Looking forward to just sitting down and really breaking down what happened to No Mercy. As well as, of course, next week we'll be doing all our regular shows. Wrestling of the Max episode 266, part one and part two. Some big stuff coming your way. Of course, you know, me and Paul talked about it earlier. Ultima Lucha starts next week. I cannot wait to be getting into those matches. Still trying to figure out which one I don't like. I love all those matchups that are coming our way on that, plus a lot of more great stuff. So we're looking forward to all that. And the best way to go find all that, of course, W2Mnet.com. And, of course, go subscribe, rate, and review over at Wrestling to the Max. Want to throw some love over there to 411mania.com and last word on Wrestling.com as well. Those guys are awesome. Go check out those sites as well. We are done for the night, though, guys. I'm super excited about, you know, getting into this weekend. So we're going to let's go. Let's go get it started. So I am Gary Vaughn. He is Paul Leeser. He is Sharon Garmer. And until next time, if you're not living life to the max. Not living life at all. You know it. Peace. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.